0: Uh, so hi and welcome to the Dog Sports Decoded Podcast. My name is Megan Ritchie and I am the host. And today, Golnez Zegedilina was kind enough to join us again to uh, share her thoughts on some different throwing techniques that might help you and your dog. So thank you Golnez for joining us
1: again. Yeah, um, uh, thank you. It's such a huge pleasure. Thank you so much. It was so fun first time, so I'm really excited to be here again. I guess first time can go <laughs> as bad as I thought. <laughs> it went very well. I know I got a lot of
0: comments, but uh, very positive feedback from everybody. They learned a lot from talking to you. So uh, it was a no-brainer to invite you back again to talk about uh, this topic. <laughs> um, so one of the questions that I kind of had okay. coming off of both your seminars and um, uh, just some other, I guess, my dog diving experience after we started competing Uh, was around kind of practicing throws, uh, maybe messing my own dogs up by throwing poorly. And so I kind of want to talk, get your thoughts today on uh, maybe practicing throwing without your dog. Um, So we were going to talk about maybe some disc and some dock diving, if that's okay with you.
1: Absolutely. The two most favorite things I do is a disc and dock diving.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, so last time you were on, you shared with us how you got into dock diving. Do you want to share a little bit about how you got into DISC?
1: Sure. Actually, I got into DISC as soon as I got my dog. That was um, that was club back in Russia. There I started playing and rules of games of DISC games in Russia are slightly different than they are here. So it's different equipment, but the style of throwing, the idea of distance, exact same. So it's really no no difference. When I moved to Canada, I just started playing um updog right away, and it was really easy. So updog is one of the games of where it's super beginner friendly, where you can go and play. And we have few clubs. Uh, we have club here in Calgary. We have club in Edmonton. Uh, we have some games going on in Blackbulls and Red Deer. So it's really friendly game. Um anyone who can throw for a dog and dog can catch it can start playing up dog yeah no that's not good i started way before uh diving i think that really helped me uh, and helped my dog uh, with idea of catching some objects above the water because my dog was already catching frisbee or a ball or tag toy off um, in the air so I think it transition was really smooth and nice because my dog already had the idea, oh, I can chase things and it doesn't matter above the water or above the ground. So that helped my dog. And definitely on my diving seminars, I encourage people to practice before they bring it to the dog because if dog does not know how to catch objects in the air, you cannot expect your dog catching objects in the air above the pool (laughs) uh, yeah so it's really great to incorporate uh, two amazing sports together um it kind of teaches you how to throw properly uh, and how dog can catch it i wouldn't necessarily recommend you to use frisbee for your dog diving experience because it has uh, disadvantages more than advantages okay. uh, most of the time uh, but once you learn how to throw frisbee you can definitely throw a, you know a tuck toy or a bumper as well
0: yeah for sure and it seems like a lot of the dogs that are successful in uh, disc or frisbee are also very successful dog diving and vice versa so seems
1: like the dogs do well in both. Absolutely. Yeah. They do well. And just generally cross-trained dogs are already so engaged with the owners. So they kind of already know the game. It's just now new requirements. Now they have to jump in a pool. That kind of makes it easier for the dog. Uh, because for them, it does not matter what object you use, what talk tool you use. They just go in for it. Uh, usually, yeah, you're right. Uh, fly ball dogs really do great at dog diving or disc dogs do great at dog diving because it's the same concept yeah. we just put it above on above the ground on the dog now but they like okay I just have to catch it yeah so, so it's easier for dogs who has the ground experience for sure
0: yeah um so I guess the, kind of the whole reason behind the podcast was uh something that was kind of instilled in me early on when I started playing disc was kind of the importance of practicing your throws without your dog because uh, I don't know if you throw poorly then your dog gets kind of demotivated so it was very important on that side so if we were to talk about disc what do you see as like the importance of practicing without your dog is it something you focus on or or not I guess
1: absolutely practicing without the dog is absolutely uh, critical and then even we start our classes, we really focus on our throws before I allowed my students to use the dog because you're right, you can disencourage your dog or you can throw it poorly, you can maybe make a poor throw for your dog and it's not not safe throw for your dog as well, right? Uh, Then as soon as dogs come into picture, we start getting more nervous, we don't know how to throw, we forgot how what hand do we use So definitely um your body has to know how to do it without even a dog being involved first. Uh, it's critical to practice without your dog for sure.
2: Oh, yeah. And yeah, an
1: interesting, interesting um, observation where you said dog can be disencouraged. When I just started playing with my German shepherd um i had an instructor who is uh, who was a male and he his throws were so amazing he would throw 100 yards no problem so she would she would <laughs> come to me i throw like you know 20 and then she goes to him and like okay adopt me now <laughs> she would always choose the person who is more advanced and confident in throwing so definitely uh, once you start playing with your dog you were a team and you should be learning just as fast as your dog learning because your dog might be able to catch right away. But if you cannot throw, you are lacking as a team member. So get out there and practice without your dog.
0: <laughs> yeah, when i it's funny. I was—I think it was maybe two weekends ago. I ended up going out, uh, just had some time to kill waiting for an appointment and, uh, and had my Frisbee. So I started practicing with them and uh, was trying a few new throws. And it's, it's shocking how much you need to practice without your dog, especially if yep. you're trying a new throw or something like that. Because, you know, if yeah. I had brought my dog with me, like, poor guy I wouldn't have caught a single Frisbee. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it, it, and also really important, go out there in any weather conditions. Don't wait for perfect sunny day to go out there because it's not fair. Guess what? When you're competing, you have one minute and that one minute can be windy, rainy, hailing, whatever. You cannot choose that. Uh, The weather. So you have to go out and throw it into the rain, throw it into the wind, against the wind, try all the different weather conditions. Um, So when you're confident, when you go to compete, you know, you you try it at all, you find, you know how to deal, you know how to adjust your throw to different weather conditions as well. Another great thing you could do to improve your skills is you can play other games such as. um, frisbee ultimate so you can join recreational team which i do i love playing frisbee ultimate so this is slightly bigger disc but you learning how to throw to another people and it's much easier than to a dog because person is a like easy object yep. it's right there so you're learning to throw and you're learning your aim then with a the dog you kind of don't know when you're just throwing into a field so play um, ultimate if you have that chance join the team it's a super fun game it, another way is free golf This you own golf free does not matter or you can get this golf free and just goal. and practice um, again you will have the aim to to go for yeah uh, much easier than the dog and then you just adding the dog into the picture. Now you are confident with your throws. You know, what is the distance you can go for? Yeah, so practicing without dog, I think it should be like 90% of your time and only 10% with your dog because your dog has limitations. They are running, they're getting tired, so you should not practice like that. You should be going out there already with a good frown. <laughs> right. Or if you don't have good, good, confident throws yet, don't hesitate. Learn how to do rollers. Yeah. Don't go into throws yet. Yeah. Just do rollers. And especially if your dog not even a year old, make sure you're just doing rollers for now because you don't, you don't want them to jump yet at that age. Yeah. Yeah, I think the rollers yeah. are
0: definitely something uh, people don't realize how important it is kind of early on when they're just starting and how valuable that throw can be um, as you gain confidence, especially if you're mixing tricks and stuff in
1: absolutely it's it's absolutely like a step a step before you can throw yeah uh, i'm here yeah okay. <laughs> so rollers are absolutely critical and um other thing is once you're actually competing with your dog you find doing rollers yeah yeah do you okay. hear me yeah, yeah. so yeah. important and if it's a windy day and you're not sure you can throw into a wind, I would encourage you to use rollers instead. Uh, believe me, rollers can go as far as throws. And um, I actually brought this disc. So when you are actually doing roller, it's the exact same technique. You just, yeah. when you throw, you just move your hand that way. But then you do rollers. It's You're just literally practicing your, um, your throw. It does not matter. You're just learning how to Use that wrist to spin that frisbee. So with rollers, because it's safer for your dog, and it's and it's easier for your dog to catch. Let's say you do play toss and fetch league, or you do play up dog games. Both of these organizations will allow you to do rollers, and they just go for them. And if you if that's uh, that's kind of easier for a dog, and then you start, it's like you start with it. You have to.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love I love that you brought the rollers up because that's uh, it was a real aha kind of moment for me when somebody had suggested that. It was like, mm-hmm. if you're in a really windy condition, use rollers. Yeah. As soon as they said it, I was like, of course. But but yeah, it of never course, would yeah. to me otherwise. Uh,
1: yeah, so I can go step by step how I start with, with the dogs um, because we don't go straight to froze yet if you want to just kind of... If you're a beginner and you're starting with your puppy, ideally have two exact same pieces. And I'm actually, uh, will be able to sell hero discs soon because I'm a special distributor of hero discs now, and they are best discs in the world, obviously. So, um, yeah, sure. I brought two exact same discs, and uh, ideally get the same color even so your dog has no difference, no favorites, exact same. So, you just start with two because you want to teach your dog. You engaging with one, they dropping one and engaging with another one. I don't want you to have to, you know, take it away from your dog. I want you to right off the bat teach your dog to exchange. It's a game of exchange, and as soon as they come back to you, they get another frisbee. As soon as they come back to you, they get another. So they have that desire to run back to you as well because every this game will be timed. And you need to make sure you have as many throws in there in within this minute or 90 seconds as possible. So we start with two discs. First, we just encourage our dog to play with it because it is a plastic, so it's different from any other toy your dog probably saw before. So what you're starting, you're making sure your dog is comfortable with grabbing all the side of it because it's not possible to grab it here or here. So we're really aiming for Dog grabbing it. So we encourage tug of war game, dog grabbed it, we're letting it tug and then exchange it to another be again tug. So then we are once your dog learned, oh, I can grab it, I put it upside down. I have it upside down like a plate, and I slide it. So this is called slider. So now just within maybe ten feet from you, you slide it one way, dog grabs it and runs back to you. You slide another one another way. So you're teaching your dog, again, come back to you as fast as possible, drop it and go for another one because it's always next one will be coming. So get ready. Next one is coming. So after sliders, you can start doing a little, little roller. So now your dog learns they only can grab it on this side. That is really important why we do sliders this way, not that way. So they learn, oh, I can grab it of the rim. And so next step will be a roller. So rollers, you hold your uh, hand, usually Usually, if you're right-handed, that's the best way to grab it. So it's exact same what you would throw, but you just go at 45 degrees. That's and depends on the weather, like let's say you're playing outdoors, it might be windy. So if it's windy, you just call go that way. So then you just increase the degree. So just make sure you kind of learning that depending on weather conditions. So you start rolling the space piece. And after you you're good at rolling and your dog knows how to grab it while it's rolling, great. So it means your dog now ready for little, little catches. And your little catches should be within your like within area. You're not throwing 10 feet or like 20, 100 feet right away. You just go you just go and catch right here catch yep. right here so maybe a little like three feet throw and yep. then now you're teaching your dog go further and further yep. but definitely if if that it's it's not an easy process doesn't happen overnight so make sure you're working a lot on rollers before you even can go to catches another thing you can throw out there is teach your dog go around separately uh, yep. because that will really help you with what is the direction of your throw goes? because if your dog's staring at you and you have frisbee guess what you're throwing frisbee at them and they don't like they wouldn't have the ability to turn fast and like go for it yeah. but if you teach your dog to go around you now you can throw and they can actually see the direction where frisbee goes so it's like a, a little bit directional work they're getting involved but are you losing me again A little bit. Okay. I think think
0: you're saying it's just directional, right? So your dog goes around you and then they're running in where you're going to throw. So it's a little easier for you to line them up.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Another thing you can start learning as a handler right away. So once you get used to holding the frisbee right way, right? Like just your body, get used to how to hold it you can use this like side of it to show the direction where you're going so let's say you're going this way you before you straighten the frisbee up you can show your dog like i use it now it's so automatic for me like before i throw and let's say we're playing up dog because it could be any way i can throw anyway so to make my throw successful i want to communicate with my dog and say this way we're going or this way we're going or that way so Definitely where your body turns is a big hint for a dog, big cue. But if you right away teach your dog, this is the direction I'm going to throw, believe me, your dog not, don't have to guess what 360 degree you're going to throw. <laughs> so maybe right away learn to do this move. So it's just kind of extra moves, like you show them and then you throw. Yep. So you go this way and then you turn your hands into a throw. It's the same thing with the, with the rollers. So you show it and then you roll it.
2: Yeah, because it
1: it will help your dog to be like, oh, we're going to the right, we're going to the left, much easier <laughs> than than guessing. And yeah. your and your catches will be more successful because dog knows what way to run.
0: And and I guess the way it was explained to me too, if they know where you're throwing it, you can get longer distance throws as well because they know yes. they need to run out that way. So if it's yeah you're doing a really long distance throw, they have to kind of lead out so you can point to them and tell them where they need to go
2: mm-hmm.
0: without mm-hmm. them circling back and looking back. And Absolutely. Go, Why haven't you thrown it yet?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a great point. They, they can, you really they can teach your dog go for a distance, right? Like you throw the direction and you, and it's just a trust. They just run as far as they can and then Frisbee goes right above them. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Otherwise, then, if they just run random direction and you're throwing another direction, yeah. Yeah.
0: We've given everybody Sorry. like a private <laughs> private instruction here on how to throw, so that's awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> I want everybody to
1: be safe. <laughs> yes,
0: it's very important. <laughs> yeah. um, so if people are they're they're started their dog on disk, um, they now know it's important to go out and practice without their dog. Uh, are there certain drills you would recommend they do or what, what should they do when they go do go out to practice by themselves?
1: Mm-hmm. Um I would I would go maybe with a partner just so it's easier to kind of aim for somebody instead of just nowhere. And then you can set up maybe distance at the beginning 10 yards, 20 yards, 30 yards. Uh, you can do this drill with a human objects, because then you don't have to collect your frisbees as well. So in oh, another, <laughs> another way, you can just have maybe some kind of aim with you. So it could be like, a you know, some kind of basket or whatever, or like a tree you're aiming for. Uh, but definitely um, have that distance and then increase it gradually and just practice your throws and have it in different conditions, so like different weather conditions. Try it. Try it. yeah Yeah. i would just have the face beats what are not used by the dogs so like this ones i don't use with my dogs. i only use them for practice and uh for my own practice so i go out and and throw 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 until your arm hurts (laughs) and then you can go home (laughs) (laughs) that's your
0: test you're done when your arm
1: hurts exactly when you cannot throw anymore
0: (laughs) (laughs) and i guess i i don't know uh so many of the dog training things we do, we always feel silly going out and practicing them. I'll say on our yeah. own. So If you're out there throwing Frisbees at a pylon or something, you might feel a little silly. Yeah. So if you have a friend, you can rope into it all the better. You can kind of avoid yeah. the embarrassment
2: that way.
1: Yeah. And, and it's easier with the human, believe me. And once you learn the technique of throwing, now you can be confident, okay, I can do it with my dog now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah
0: that's good. Um, and do you vary the height you're throwing, like either for your dog or like do you practice throwing at different heights or, or how do you handle that?
1: Yeah, I I try to stay at the same height. Um, it, it might, if it's really windy, your Frisbee might go higher or like if you are going for a distance, it might go higher and then you expecting your dog kind of uh, watch it and it, it gets down to them but if you're just playing let's say outdoor games really it's no game there where you have to throw really far it's more about your accuracy of your throw and directions for you throwing so that probably what another exercise could be for you as like a handler so to be able to throw right left and and even like managing of your frisbee strikes. Right? how do you collect the a while yeah. One second.
0: Sorry, we lost you at um, uh, managing your Frisbees, I think. Yeah,
1: collecting your Frisbees, right? Like, yeah. how do you collect them yeah. while game is going on, while your dog is running around? So maybe that is another exercise you can do by your own, It's going out there and learning how do I throw east, west, south, north, uh, like learn how to throw the different directions. and how is your body like staying on the same spot and you're throwing in different directions that's another thing you could do um just to make sure you're kind of ready for right. for your dog to enjoy join you so
0: i i think that's really all the questions i had about disc is there anything else you'd like to tell the listeners mm-hmm. about throwing for frisbees like practice throws or anything or did that kind of cover it
1: Yeah, I, I think that covers the, the base of it. Like, it's different games. Like I said, it's toss and fetch week where you go for distance throw? So, right now, it's happening. So, if you're interested, find your local groups. It's toss and fetch goes worldwide. Please join the team. It's super fun game, super awesome. Supportive people will be there, just helping you out. So that that is about the distance, and you can use the rollers as well now. Another game you can play with your dog is updog, And I would encourage you to join that too because it's super beginner friendly and, and you can do freestyle there as well if you want to incorporate tricks with this. Yeah, so that's kind of base of it. Join my classes if you want to learn more from me because we are going to have more classes at Keanu Kennel here in Calgary. Um, and it's, it's just really fun. I think the game of the 50 is incredible because you staying eventually you're staying in the middle of the field and your dog is running around what can yeah. be better than that <laughs> you don't do anything <laughs> your dog brings your 50 back yeah. you go it again 10 minutes and your dog is tired it's good to go <laughs> yeah
0: i think you've you certainly touched on this and button. it's
1: really really I've yeah love it's like dinner. really affordable
0: yeah and I just love how beginner-friendly DISC is. Like, I know you've mentioned that a few times, Absolutely, but it's very, very welcoming to the mm-hmm. season. Uh, it's, compared to mm-hmm. something like agility, to me, it's a much quicker sport yeah. to pick up. So uh, it's easy to see some success pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And everyone can do it. As long as they like chasing something, then you can <laughs> let them chase the first. that's it.
0: Yeah. And like you said, tire them out very quickly. So that's nice.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Even
1: today, I went to a field play with my dogs, and I know they tired for me. I like that idea. Like, I don't need any equipment except this. Like, this yeah. is it. That's all investment I did, and I can play anywhere I want.
0: And they're easy to keep in the car. You don't have to lug around a big tunnel or something
1: like that. Yeah, tunnel or like whistles or anything like yeah. that. Or a pool. <laughs> <laughs> so, you just you just have face to face. yeah, just a couple true. reasons,
0: Yep. All right. So uh, then, I guess it's time for dog diving. Um, so this is something okay. I, didn't, awesome. I didn't, yeah. So it's something I didn't think about a whole lot uh, before the seminar, but um, now that we've seen a little bit of success, uh, it's quite clear to me that it would be beneficial to practice my throws without my dog. Um, is that something you would recommend again, or or what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yes. Yeah. It's uh, so a lot of groundwork. A lot of groundwork. So, if we are talking about dog catching the the object, the toy, uh, it's definitely tons of groundwork. And if your dog played frisbee, okay, your dog already know the concept. But now you need to teach the dog maybe catch another object. So you can potentially start with the frisbees. There's a few uh, different frisbees out there. Hero Air. Uh, would be good good example which is floating so but if you use something like super start or uh, or super swirl they're gonna they're gonna sink so you really cannot use them for for a pool because it's gonna sink every time uh, but it's few fish out there which um, which i will be also available to sell soon they're gonna float the big disadvantage though if you're competing outdoor, the is going to fly away it, it's yeah. just so light it's always really lighter than any toy uh, than any other you know the bumper it's going to fly away so it's uh, it happens so uh, not the best yeah. toy
2: um
1: uh, yeah but with a bumper, it's easier to learn. So let's say you get the bumper. It's a heavy enough toy, but you need to get used to throw the bumper now. Yeah, And it's all about timing, and you can start doing it on the ground just to teach your dog to catch it, to catch it every time. Yeah. Then you can move on on the dog once once you guys figure out the timing. Uh, easiest way to start and let's say we already have really close edge of, a, edge of a dog because you don't need run out space yet, just start really close and let's say, just throw it like right in front of them, make them catch on the short distance. Once you're successful at that, once your timing is good, your dog is catching it off the dog really close, but catching it, now you can increase the distance. Now you can give them more run out space. Now you can throw a little bit further. Uh but it comes like really gradually it it also really depends from dog to dog, right like one of us one of dog will be slower, one will jump higher, one will so it's really this a team effort going on, but once you get it, you get it honestly um I had few dogs on the seminars they like caught it like right away and start jumping so much bigger because they understand the concept, oh, I can chase things once they have a moving object in front of them, they can actually jump further. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a it's a great um, kind of next step. Also seen many dogs who don't like chase method, maybe they didn't have experience playing and catching stuff in the air, and they do great with place method too. So yeah. really need to look at your dog. A lot of field dogs do much better with placing the toy out there and they jump as far as they can anyway, yeah
0: right okay
1: um but with the with the chase it's with the chase you can create the tra- trajectory of the jump right like you can create that arc where you want your dog go and catch with the place you wouldn't be able to do that so right. really just practice more <laughs> yeah.
0: so i guess that's where the practicing comes in handy if you can mm-hmm. kind of go out to a field and kind of practice how to arc your particular toy yeah um, yeah it'll be easier for you when you do move to the dog
1: yeah and you're not throwing and that's the trick right so once you are throwing without your dog let's say you really um if if you're aiming for your dog to land at 20 feet right you're not throwing at 20 feet because that's the dog where lands that that's where dog already landing so if you want the dog land at 20 feet and you know you dog is capable it, it's big enough it's strong enough it yeah uh, so then your face placement shouldn't be somewhere at like seven eight nine ten feet really because this will be like a peak performance for them so you they're catching it in the highest point of the jump and then they landing at 20 so you really need to be like practicing not throwing far but it aiming at this distance. And also practicing your timing. When is your dog close enough for you to throw?
0: Right, and again, that you were saying that's when uh, you're trying to get your dog to kind of catch it in the air as they hit the peak of their jump. Not if you were just throwing it into the toy if they're not catching it. Is that right?
1: Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 There's just two different techniques. If you were like looking for for them to chase it, then you are aiming to the peak of the jump. If you are looking for just dog to retrieve it from the water, you don't have to. You can just throw it as far as you can because you are you just know your dog gonna jump for it regardless, and it's not looking for it. It it has maybe it's not uh, tracing tracing it yet. So. If it just goes for it, you can throw as far as you can, for sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. I know our connection's been a little shaky, so I just wanted to make sure that was clear, if people are <laughs> listening. Yeah. To it. Okay. Um. So I think.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. This
0: this is technology, right? What we have to deal with. So. Um. So what I wanted to ask you, kind of, was. Yeah. Which you sort of touched on was, um, if your dog is jumping, let's say 20 feet, you're probably standing. I don't know, I'll say 20 or more feet further back on the dock. So your total throw is going to be 40 feet if you're not doing that chase method, is that right?
1: No, no, you're still staying at the edge of it, at the end of it, no.
0: You would be, so in that case yeah. you've got a, somebody holding the dog, like restraining the dog or in a, a sit-stay or something?
1: Um. Yeah, you can use second handler when you're competing with an uh, ADD, definitely you can use second handler. But it kind of creates a little bit um, more complex complex flow now because you have to communicate with that person, communicate with the dog. So I personally, when I do the chase method, I make sure my dog knows to day uh, and knows my release command. So my release command will be like, ready, go, right? Like they, on the go, they run. So I know they run and now I know I, I can throw with when you have handlers you have to always have maybe same, same uh holder for a dog so that person doesn't release really it too fast doesn't release really it too soon because it's gonna screw up with your fro now and then your dog not gonna jump it so like adding second person is the tricky part because sometimes if you travel that's what i learned i actually was always using holder for one of my shepherds and i go i uh, would like Beverly Hills dog show, dog diving event, big deal. I wanted my dog to perform well. So, and it didn't go like, you know, big, it just went average. She probably would jump better without a holder. So, when you're adding extra person, kind of make sure that person always can be with you on a competition. So, if you don't want to make it complicated, just make sure your dog just knows it's safe. And it's all about your communicating, communicating to your dog when it's allowed to start running. If your dog just sits and then runs and you don't have the timing ready yet, like you water not ready, your throw going to be messy and your dog not going to catch it. So really it's not a, do it on the ground where your dog knows sit and it has a release command for it. And then you set the release command, you throw the disk now. So it should be really like clear for your dog when they can run. Yeah. But
2: definitely.
1: yeah, you gonna use the holder. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I kind of don't trust the people, you know, I trust <laughs> my dog more.
0: <laughs> well, it's hard. I guess each each dog is different, but uh, definitely adding Absolutely. another another person into the mix is just somebody mm-hmm. else to coordinate, like you said. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Um. So... I don't know if this is a question other people have, but it's a question I had. So I found my throws okay. were kind of using the underhand throw method because um, Riggs isn't jumping and biting the toy in the air yet using that chase method. Yep. So I'm finding okay. my throws are maxing out at about 20 feet with some of those lighter bumpers. So mm-hmm. I thought going to a heavier bumper would help, and that maybe got me another 5 or 10 feet. But what mm-hmm. what do you recommend if somebody is trying to throw further, even say, you know, some of the record holders are going for 40 feet or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. How do you get that extra distance?
1: Uh, yeah, it, it depends what you're comfortable with and what your dog likes to chase the most. So um, definitely try different bumpers. It's hard to find right away the, what your dog like and what is easier for you to grow. Um Some people actually make their own bumpers. They use like this hydrant um, material and they fill it up with stuff and they they make them big as well, maybe make them heavy, because the bigger objects, easier to see for a dog and easier to actually drop in the air. That's why we don't use balls for chase method, because how hard it is to to catch that one ball in the air versus the one long, heavy object flying in front of them, much easier so sometimes you will see bumpers have ends on them, like a strings on the end, because dogs still able to grab at least the string on the side. So it's really about kind of what's comfortable for you, uh, what, what your dog enjoys the most. I truly believe you should be only playing on the dog and the dog has to desire it really, like really want that specific toy so make sure it's comfortable for them to chew on it make sure they yeah. want to grab it um, too heavy material can be a little bit um you know harder it depends on your dog if, if if riggs wants something harder go for it uh but make sure like that is the what he wants not what is easier for you but what he wants and then yeah. you can kind of uh practice with with that choice
0: yeah, I think it's like any dog training it's the dog chooses the reward, not us. So.
1: Yeah, exactly. The like, they
0: like, no,
1: this is the easy, toys they like. Yeah. Yeah, this is the throw, so you have to love this one. No. Uh because that is the reason he's jumping, right? He's doing it for you and he wants to get that specific toy. So toy has to be his favorite.
0: <laughs> yes, it does. Um all right. I don't know if I had a whole lot of other questions. Uh, is there something you would recommend people practice yeah. um, for dock diving? Like, uh, I know one thing I've had trouble with, again, is just kind of how narrow the pool is. Like, I you don't want to throw it and have the dog jump onto the ramp because they would get hurt or throw it out of the pool, like you mentioned with the discs. Um, <laughs> is that something that we should practice? Just, like, using a narrow, uh, I don't know, pace out a narrow... Field
1: or something like that to practice yeah. on. Practice on um, practice on throwing and aiming on the same distance over time. So then you would tend to kind of going right to left. It's still windy conditions could take your bumper away. But we are lucky if you're competing indoors. It's yeah. it's not an issue. Yeah. So kind of what 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 easy kind of trick to do is um, have have a, just a bucket maybe and your toy and you're aiming and this bucket might be staying like 10 feet away from you and you're just aiming and throwing into a bucket. And that's all your goal is like to get into the bucket. Or, so then you used to, you
2: aim on the same spot and you're making your dog's life so much easier. Yeah, if you, uh, you're always predictable for your dog and you're always throwing at the same distance, it's so much easier for your dog again, right? Like they don't have to guess where is it going to go, right or left. It's always in the middle. Um, One exercise is definitely practicing without a dog in a field, aiming for something.
0: Yeah, perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there anything else then uh, that I haven't asked yet about uh, dog diving that you wanted to mention? Uh, Throwing-wise or anything like that? Any other tips for people if they're struggling with that?
2: No, I think we we covered most okay. of it, okay. yeah, the all goal right. Perfect. the goal is just keep practicing <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> in the pool, out of the pool, wherever you can,
2: where yeah, on the parking lot,
0: yeah, you got lots of time between your splashes, so you have yeah of time awesome. to practice
2: exactly, go and practice.
0: <laughs> that's awesome, um, okay, yeah, I think that's all I had to ask, um, so thank you again for coming on, uh really appreciate you taking the time to come on join us again and um, share your knowledge with us thank you um so if people want to learn more about your disc dog classes they can go to Kayana, um, yeah, Kayana Kennel. yes okay yeah.
2: and yeah,
0: yeah. and dock diving you are teaching through prairie dog sports correct yes okay so i will put the links for that uh, below the video but um, okay. definitely would highly recommend go take a class with the uh, You'll, you'll definitely not regret it and uh, get a lot of information out of that. So
2: Thanks. Yeah, Thanks. I definitely love both disc and diving and it's amazing to combine them both together. It's pretty cool. Um, please check them out. And we have classes at Kiana now starting and they are pretty fun. We all have fun and yeah. we're going to be doing more classes. Awesome. And Thank it's you. especially it's indoor. Even in the wintertime, we can
0: still play with disc. And it's a beautiful, big uh, training center. So lots of space yes. to throw and catch and work on some cool tricks and stuff. Absolutely. So,
2: yeah. Amazing, amazing place. We also adding more classes with me. So I'm, I'm going to extend from disc into other classes. Another, mm-hmm. another one we are working on is kind of learn what, what your dog like. So I'm going to do a little demos of different sports and you can come and check it out. So keep your, Kind of like look after what we're going to present to you because it's going to be so much fun and a lot of cool stuff coming. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! I'm very excited to, to hear that.
0: So we'll uh, we'll keep an eye out for that as yeah. well. Perfect. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks again, and thanks to everybody for listening. Thank you. <laughs> it was a little
2: glitchy, but I hope you get <laughs> some information out of it. Yeah, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. And if people have questions, they can always find my really unique name on Facebook and just shoot me a message. (laughs) I will be glad to answer questions if you guys have some.